Hello, everybody. I am Neil Kulong. You are watching the New Standard Podcast. I am your host today. Lance Williams, our fearless leader, was once again called in by the CIA to carry out uh, an operation in parts unknown. That's uh, that's the only detail that I have on that. He's in parts unknown, doing um, our country a great service, I am sure. I want to thank you all for being here. Um, I'm going to fly solo for the first part of this, but um, I got some content here planned. I'm going to bring in um, Doug Farrar of USA Today Sports Media Group's Touchdown Wire, uh, national NFL writer. Uh, great insight, great guest, um, longtime supporter and friend of the program. We are going to discuss a few things uh, pertaining to the general topic that we have here today, which is, in case you haven't noticed uh, or seen, there's been a, a bit of um, some consternation surrounding uh, a certain list that was created by ESPN as part of a series that they do uh, that did not include a certain quarterback. And that's got a lot of people up in arms. And we want to ask today, what is in a list? What exactly goes into creating a list of a ranked player, top players, funniest players, whatever it happens to be. And um, Doug is somebody uh, who produces some of those, probably not um, not at his own interest, but his moron boss is the one that tells him to do it all the time, um, tells him to be on the podcast as well. But again, yes, um, the new standard podcast. I'm Neil Kulong. I'm going to be your host this afternoon. Um, I am pre-recording this because neither Lance nor I have the availability uh, to do this at the regular time, but we are going to post this at the regular time um, tomorrow, 10.30 a.m. Central, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. I also want to dive into uh, the big Steelers news of the week. Uh, you definitely have heard about this, Acrisure Stadium. That is the new name of the Steelers facility. And I want to discuss that a little bit, uh, knowing that um, your opinions are probably very similar to mine on it. But I want to explain a little bit of what goes into um, naming a stadium. And really, the main thing that I came up with is the bottom line is the bottom line. Business is business. When it comes to naming a stadium, which is something that has really been in operation for a, a really long time, but in uh, full effect, it kind of started in the 90s with the stadium boom across uh, all of sports in the United States. New stadiums were being built, naming it uh, after a certain company that's willing to pay money over a certain amount of years uh, to lease that space, if you will, um, helps uh, pay for the operation, uh, the day-to-day -day expense that any team might have while they're there. As you well know, 2001, the Steelers opened Heinz Field, which I've always felt is one of the best corporate named stadiums, simply because it's a local product that's connected to the area. It's an international brand that everybody knows. You're, you're familiar with the name Heinz. And it's not awkward. More than anything else, it's not awkward. That may as well be named after a person because, well, I mean, the company is. When you get into weird names, trendy names, the real corporate buzzy types of stuff that think tanks getting paid thousands of dollars an hour uh, are paid to do market research on and come up with stylistic ways to, to uh, try to, to brand a company. They come up with names like Acrisure. Um, I look at it, I, I see the word erasure. And if anybody is uh, old like me and remembers the, the song, um, give a little respect. It'll probably be stuck in your head all day if you've never heard it. But I, I look at that, I think of the band Erasure. Um, Acrisure is the name. Um, this is, uh, from what I understand, some type of financial uh, and insurance related um, product or tool that I don't think the average person uses. And that's probably why nobody knows the name of the stadium. But that's exactly the point. If you want to get your brand out there, sometimes you got to you got to spend to do that. And the $50 million that they'll be spending over 15 years certainly suggests um, that that is uh, the type of thing that they want to invest in. Now, it, doing a little bit of generic internet research, I also discovered that um, the uh, uh, Seattle Kraken minor league hockey team based in um, Palm Springs, California, 
is uh, Acrisure Arena. That it was just being built. They just got the naming rights for that. And they're going to kick that off this fall, I guess. Uh, so maybe there are now two cities that have ever heard of this company. Um, it is Michigan-based. So maybe some people in Michigan know that. Although uh, Jeff Risden, my Browns editor, uh, who is from Michigan, lives in Michigan, has never heard of it either. So I don't know. I know that the name is awkward. It is not an everyday brand. And it, it it's not something loads of people are familiar with. So this really doesn't check any box for me. But the bottom line is the bottom line. Business is business. There's a lot of money that's involved with this. I will also say this as well as being from Pittsburgh and having recently just lived there for, for several years. Um, nobody in Pittsburgh is going to call this Acrisure Stadium. Um, those of you on the show right now, thank you for being here. I, I, am, I don't need to tell you this. Pittsburgh is not conservative politically per se, but when it comes to their civic duties, their structure, they don't mess with that. I have an uncle who's still pissed off about a, a certain stretch of highway being renamed. That happened 20 years ago. He still complains about it. I know this uh, because I left and came back. The Starlight Amphitheater, uh, apparently at some point, had a corporate name change of, of, of its own. And more people um, cried about the, the, the new name, whatever it was. For it was like two decades or something. It had a different name. Everybody called it the Star Lake Amphitheater. And people like me were not even aware that they had changed the name. And they recently changed it back. And I still don't think anybody even realized it was ever called anything else. Um, they're not going to call it anything but Heinz Field. That, that's the name forever. Uh, which brings me really to my main point with all of this. If you're Heinz, and keep in mind, Heinz is a company that merged with Kraft during the, the lease of, of the name of the Steelers Stadium. Kraft may or may not want anything to do with it. It might be a different brand. They want to go in a different direction. But if you know Pittsburgh, you know no one's calling it anything but Heinz Field. Everyone is going to stick with it for at minimum a couple of years before people even get used to it. Do you want to continue to pay money for that? Or do you already have uh, what you want with it? Um, it Business choice for me, regardless of whatever Acrisure paid uh, for the rights to name the field, if everyone's calling it Heinz Field, if that's at least what the natives are going to call it, you got to kind of think that maybe it's redundant at this point. Maybe we want to go in a different direction. And then on top of that, as I understand it, Acrisure came in with a, a massive offer, which was way more than what uh, Kraft Heinz wanted to pay. So, um, business is business that that's going to be kind of the way that it goes. But um, I am sure we are not going to go out of our way to quickly correct ourselves. If we refer to it as Heinz field, I know I had a problem here and there uh, referring to them as the San Diego chargers as the Las Vegas Raiders. I think I'm just going to keep calling it Heinz field. I'm not sure about you guys, but uh, certainly leave us a comment, drop us a line on Twitter. Let us know what you think about it. Now, I've got uh, Doug Farrar here waiting in the wings, and I want to kind of introduce what our main topic is here. Um, full disclosure, I am a manager of a digital network that produces content um, across the NFL. The NFL Wire Network is owned by USA Today Sports Media Group, is a collection of team-themed websites um, all, with the idea in mind of, of catering content toward the super fan of the NFL. What that means to some degree is we will create, among a lot of other things, but we will create ranking lists. This is a product that we refer to as a listicle. Put the word list and article together, that's a listicle. Listicle style content, or more specifically in this case, top X lists, top 11, top eight, whatever it is, are really popular come July. And you can probably figure out why. There's not a whole lot to really talk about. It is an opportunity, though, to be a lot more creative and to come up with uh, different um, points of view, different opinions, package content in a different way, a unique way uh, that we might not have the time to do during the season as much, though we still will. 
it gives us a chance to kind of level set where everything is in the NFL while news is not coming at as fast and furious, which it usually is um, come late July through now, uh, mid-February. The big thing uh, that is making me want to talk about this today, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler recently posted his quarterbacks rankings uh, as part of his top 10 position ranking series, which is a yearly tradition uh, for the veteran scribe who used to cover the Steelers for ESPN. You might remember him from a couple of years ago. Great writer, great reporter, great guy. Uh, the absence of Ravens quarterback, Lamar Jackson, drew the typical ire of any Jackson stan who doesn't read that the former NFL MVP hasn't been playing at the same level as he was when he was an MVP. And that sends them into an absolute rage. At the same time, the suggestion that Lamar Jackson is anything other than a running back and he's a garbage player and it was a fluke that he won MVP comes out from the other side. Doug Farrar, who I'm going to bring in here, is... Perhaps the finest NFL mind that I know. He is somebody that has dealt with me incessantly asking him questions and telling him my thoughts on things for literally Checks hours. In the mail, by the way. Literally hours at a time on the phone. Um, we had a long discussion about this today in preparation for this show. Doug was uh, kind enough to join me, and I appreciate it. Again, Doug Farrar, he is our national NFL writer for our Touchdown Wire property, which covers all of the NFL and uh, the current author, part author, of uh, our own series of uh, position rankings. We're going to talk about Fowler's ranking here because that's kind of what's got uh, people up in arms. Um, Doug has not yet released his quarterback's rankings. So, uh, Doug, I want to I get into to Fowler's piece a little bit here. You know Lamar Jackson. Um, mm -hmm. we, we have discussed many times the hot and the cold, the up and the down. Um, he is probably something in the middle of two extremes and he's really a difficult player to evaluate for a couple different reasons. But I want to ask you if you can reveal to us, is Lamar Jackson going to be in your top? Is it 11? Are you going to do 11 quarterbacks? Uh, Mark Schofield is doing our quarterback rankings. Uh, I'm going to get the, the, at, not the analysis, but he's Mark's going to send me the list of quarterbacks this weekend because I have to assemble the top 101 players out of the 14 position list we're doing. Um, I would imagine he'll be top 10, but I don't know. I mean, M Mark may do 13 or 14 because we, we wanted to do 11, and this is coming from you saying, why do you do 11 instead of 10? Because people ask why 11 and they click on it, and, you know, that's, that's a Neil thing. Very smart. Um my own analysis, I, I can't speak for Mark because I don't know. I mean, I could ask him where he'd put Lamar, but that doesn't really tell me why. My own analysis, and, and we discussed this this morning in one of our three-hour conversations. By the way, uh, on the stadium thing real quick, I grew up in Denver. Nobody calls it Empowered Field at Mile High. Everybody calls it Mile High Stadium. Up here in Seattle where I've lived since 1985, uh, it's not Lumen Field. It's the Clink because they used to call it CenturyLink. Some people still call it Seahawks Stadium. So it's what catches as opposed to what doesn't. It doesn't matter how much you pay. So agreed. No one's going to call it. What is it? Acrisure? It's like happy fun. Acrisure. Not taunt acrisure. <laughs> the dumbest name. <laughs> I'm glad they have the money to pay for uh, the, the, the namesake of an NFL stadium, which is big money and it, it's big exposure. Uh, good for them as a business for doing it. Yeah. Who the hell named your company? How do you, what is that? It's just dumb. Sure, I, it's like that one stuff of those, bothers me. It's like th that, that nebulous business language product yes, solutions exactly. for new blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. All those, those buzzwords that it means nothing synergy. And, and there was you a and synergy have, field for yeah. a while. You and I have ranted about this before. I, I just hate that stuff. Just make it cool. Make it not awkward. Make it something people can relate to. Uh, I, I get your product. You want exposure. And yes, there is something to be said about, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. I would disagree with that nowadays. But hmm. this is the realm of something in which I think it fits because now everybody knows what this name is. But the joke is nobody does and nobody likes the name. We're not going to get Pittsburgh does not 
Pittsburgh doesn't roll over on these kinds of things. This is a hill Pittsburgh will absolutely die on. They're not, they're selling t-shirts right now supporting Heinz Field. Yeah. Free advertising that Heinz is getting over this, playing the martyr in the whole thing. It's brilliant. I, this I, is I, an organization that's had three coaches since 1969. Yeah, they exactly. well. <laughs> they're not, oh man, it was bad enough. Three Rivers went away, you know, and yeah. that was, Three Rivers was an abomination. <laughs> Big was, ashtray, baby. Oh boy. It, okay, so Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Getting back Lamar. to to Lamar, the accuracy of quarterback. <laughs> we don't know what he is. I'm going to get in trouble. We're, we're not so accuracy. By the way, <laughs> speaking of names, when you came when you mentioned listicles, I was doing something. I wanted to make sure that the code would work in something, so I did a test listicle and guess what I almost called it? Um, accuracy. No. A test listicle. Test listicle. Good. I, you know, I didn't even think of that, and that's ruined for me forever now. Mm-hmm. Ooh, anyway. uh, we're going to prank somebody with that soon. That. Yep, with, that'll be the next sure the next WordPress it. thing. Uh, <laughs> into the bowels of the those two, word, those two words are not allowed to be put together. God, I'm going to get fired, and it's Friday. After <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, so Lamar, getting back to that before we go completely off the rails. Um, the the point I made. Well, I want to. There, there are a few things. So as far as the, do you want to talk about Lamar first or the list process? Let's, let's get into Lamar first. I'm going to okay. segue into the list process. Like <laughs> I actually know what I'm doing as a host. So I, I actually planned on that. The thing about Lamar, and I made this point, I don't know if he's a top 10 quarterback. I think in 2020 he was because he was really good from the pocket, which of course, when you're a athletic quarterback, it, people don't think you're good from the pocket. I'm going to be perfectly frank here. When you're a black athletic quarterback, people really don't think you're good from the pocket. That just goes on history. And you got to, you got to prove it way more. Yeah. And I remember halfway through the the 2020 season, I think it was Rich Gannon, who I have a great deal of respect for as an analyst. Gannon, obviously, you know, great quarterback when he played, knows the hell he's doing. I would say, well, Lamar has never been good from the pocket. And I, you know, I went, and researched it, and I found like three or four different examples of announcers saying this. And it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, garbage in, garbage out, and you're not actually paying attention. Lamar was really, really good in the pocket in 2020. He didn't, I believe that was, he had run for a thousand yards, two straight seasons. And I think in 2020, he didn't. I'm going to check that again right now. So you have a guy, yeah, rushing. So in, yeah, 2019 and 2020. So 2020, he improved greatly as a pocket passer and he ran for 1,005 yards. We've never seen anything like this before. This has never happened before. This is like, yeah, it's just so new that we don't really know what to do with it. And because we have these sort of preconceptions of Lamar as this runaround guy, we don't think he's good from the pocket. Well, the numbers uh, in the, from the pocket in 2020 completed 223 passes of 330, uh, 223 of 335 passes for 2,509 yards, 1,356 air yards, 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, pass rating 94.0. That's like top 12. So when you have a guy who can run for over a thousand yards and do that from the pocket, Again, we are dealing with an unprecedented weapon in NFL, in pro football history. The problem with Lamar is that he regressed in a lot of ways last year. Um, And there are people who will defend Lamar and blame Greg Roman. I've I've been defending Lamar since all that stupid crap Bill Polian said about him having to switch to receiver before he was drafted. Um, He was my number one prospect in his class of all players. Um. So I think you can defend Lamar to a point and say that Greg Roman schemed up a lot of hole shots for Lamar that Lamar didn't see last year. You can blame his garbage receivers. And, you know, we've all talked about that. And we will. <laughs> well, there are, there are those, receiver, those receivers were schemed open and had hole shots. And sometimes Lamar didn't take advantage. And sometimes Lamar did take advantage and Hollywood Brown just dropped balls that came right into his hands. I, I um, want to interject really quick, just to point out that it is reasonable to say that Hollywood Brown is per target, the worst receiver in the NFL. And that's not hyperbole. I honestly, uh, he's that. the worst guy who's ever been traded for a first round draft pick. I yeah. <laughs> you know what? Let's use that. We'll yeah. use that instead. That's our headline. Um, yeah. So Raven Ravens had to be 
beside themselves with, with how fortunate. And then they, they get I, they get I can't like they got that. They get the next Sean Taylor with the 14th overall yeah. pick and the next Jason Kelsey at 20, whatever. It's like God. <laughs> You oh, guys. that's frustrating. You guys. Um, and here I am in Seattle. We're like, well, what do we do? Anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> so the point we were talking, you and I were talking about this this morning. The point I made about Lamar is that Lamar, in my opinion, is a, I don't know that he's top 10 as a quarterback, as a quarterback, as a thrower of the football in a functional. Call it and a Just call it a thrower. So he's not a top 10 passer. I don't think anybody. I would say top 15. Lamar as a weapon, and I don't want to get into the the, the term athlete because for black quarterbacks, that's it, yeah, it's just and it's I just too it. coded. It's and too I will coded. not let's, let's, and I will not use that term because yeah, let's just talk about what this is. He's an asset him, to the. Let's office. talk about him as a weapon and as yeah. an offensive weapon. And I I asked you today: Is there a more <clears throat> terrifying, a more p- potentially devastating offensive weapon in the NFL than Lamar Jackson. It would be like if Tyree Kill could throw. Yeah, basically. There um, is it, no more terrifying weapon in the NFL than Lamar Jackson because he does so many things. He just, it, when, he, when I watch Lamar, <coughs> when you see Lamar run in the open field, the guy I think of most is Devin Hester. Yeah. He's got kind of that crouched over shoulder acceleration that that rivals a ferrari and he can cut on a dime he's literally like a rabbit in the open field he's extremely difficult uh to have to to hem down now on a play-to-play basis do i care if he is mechanically his footwork isn't the best throwing the ball no because when that dude's in the open field you don't know what what he can do but you just you you sit there tense waiting for somebody to go get him i don't for me there isn't anyone else in the league who's like that I, I'm I, not saying, as, I'm not as a saying, fan, I get nervous when I see him run because I don't yeah. like the team he plays for. Well, and that you know the whole like running and injury, and that, that's a whole different subject. But would you have said that Michael Vick from and that's my closest comp because Michael Vick had run for a thousand yards once mm-hmm. in a season. Lamar's done it twice in the last three years, which is insane. And he ran for like 800 yards last year, and he was hurt. Jeez. <laughs> um, Michael Vick from 04 through 06 when the Falcons led the league in rushing every season. Would you have called him a top 20 quarterback? Probably not. <coughs> Was he the no. most incredible weapon in the NFL? Probably. He's just so, dangerous. He's explode. He's, he's a big play waiting to happen. <coughs> that that's the main thing. You can work with him to, to some degree as a passer. You can work on the footwork, you can work on the vision, you can work on the scheme. So he sees the whole shots you were talking about. Well, and the improvement happened in 2020. It regressed. He regressed for a lot of reasons, some of which was on him and some of which was on other things. Um, 10,000 foot level. The game is hard. You you have to to reestablish yourself every year. It's not the easiest thing. And this is the point that you had made earlier. He turns 20, what, 26 in December or something? 26 in January. He's 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 25 years old. He's a kid. He didn't even play much in college. He wasn't there that long. He destroyed the game so badly he had to leave. You know. Now the crucible for Lamar is with his contract because now he's yeah. looking for you know X number of years, X hundreds of millions of dollars, and whatever. Um, Which the market shows that. To, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to get into his contract situation. To go back to the to go back to the to go back to yeah to go back to the Vic comparison when after Vic went to jail and came out and the Eagles signed him, Marty Mordenweg. It was more Marty than Andy Reid. Marty got him on point with a version of the West Coast offense that he was comfortable with. And for about a year, Michael Vick, who could still run, <coughs> kind of set the NFL on fire as a passer. And that's what the Ravens are hoping for. That's what um, that's Lamar Jackson's hoping for. It's what everyone, you know, who wants to see the sort of what I've always called the evolutionary Steve Young. Um you know, that's what you hope for. <clears throat> Can he get there? I don't know. But so Lamar is a quarterback. Top 15. Lamar is a weapon. Number one. The problem is we're ranking quarterbacks yep. with Lamar. Yep. You almost need, he, as I said, he's an army of yep. one. There isn't anyone else like him in NFL history. So to evaluate and then rank him as a quarterback is something that's not going to favor him. 
it it's hard. Bottom line is it's hard. And as far as Fowler's list goes, uh, just to go over the, the the specifics, the the higher level specifics of how he did it. He's speaking to, and I quote this from uh, the article itself, executives, coaches, and scouts across the NFL. They're unnamed, and he's he's quoting some of them uh, and tallying votes for all of these things. The criticism of Lamar was not anything that we haven't heard before, I would say. Uh, Lamar was an honorable mention, though I, I got the sense that he was a, an, an honorable mention in the sense that you had to mention him. Uh, in this somehow or other, you're going to have to. Um, one part that I found to be the most telling, probably, of why he was excluded on this list, he struggled mightily in his last three full games with six interceptions and 13 sacks as teams blitzed him heavily. Doug, like you, I watched the, I believe, was the last game that he played, the, the game against Miami. Uh, he was terrible, and he was not seeing a, a defense that, was all that dynamic. They didn't change very much. Um, it showed me limitations of him as, as a visionary across the field. He didn't recognize what was coming. He struggled with the blitz. Um, he couldn't even uh, avoid it as well. His eyes were, were trained down the field, but usually yeah. when he would escape, uh, he, he's going to tuck it and go, try to make a move. He wasn't doing that. He was still looking down the field, but it was like he didn't know where the receivers were. He was trying to pick up where everybody was. The bottom line here for me, I, I feel like I could put him in the top seven and I could put him in the top 15. And it's for the exact reason that, that you said he doesn't have a legitimate comparison, good or bad. He doesn't have anybody um, who, who impacts his team's offense the same way. So I don't know how you rank him, but I, I also kind of feel like nothing else is wrong. This gets me to the main point here, though, Doug, and this is this is what I wanted to really uh, dive into. You get situations like that, and to me, what this always boils down to is it, how credible are the people who are gathering the information or how credible are the people who are making the opinions directly. Fowler is a reporter. He went and spoke to people. He got quotes um, on the record but nameless. Um We'll leave it for another time of how much we should really trust the people who are saying it. But well, Fowler don't get ethically, me started on, on anonymous scouts. Yeah, it's I, it's difficult. It's difficult. It, it's a I, very gray issue. For Fowler's sake, let's accept for the the construct of what he did that they're speaking. They they said the words that they said. We'll never know the intent behind that. As Mike Florio pointed out. Pro Football Talks editor Mike Florio, I thought he made an excellent point. Executives read this stuff. They really do look at this, and they will use it. They'll use anything, really, in, in when it comes to a contract negotiation. But part of the hubbub here in regards to Lamar is how much of an impact does that, does that make on a quarterback who's entering a contract year? That's kind of tough to think of. And my first thought is it's ridiculous. You should see what goes into these things. People don't even know. They think that this is, it, it, it's like an election. You know, it, it's its just simply not done like that. But that's what I wanted to kind of peel back the curtain here and discuss. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I manage a network of writers who, who create this content plus a lot of other stuff. I have a world of respect for Doug, for all the people who work for me, for the massive amount of content that we produce. At the same time, I think it's safe to say a lot of these lists are taken far more seriously than they probably should be. And when the people who create them are the ones saying that, it, it should kind of turn your head. I feel it is reasonable, reasonable to make the opinion that Lamar Jackson on a quarterback list might not be in the top 10 of that. And I would struggle if, record, if I were doing quarterbacks for us, which I do because Mark is a quarterback guy, played quarterback in Division Three. I'm not going to step on his toes there, but if it were my list to make, I would not put Lamar in the top ten. Not uh, it. It doesn't have any, that I feel there are ten quarterbacks who play the position better than he does. 
By the way, I it turns out I wrote about that Dolphins game um, a couple days after it happened, and that yeah. I will give he's, Lamar he's credit. Damaged him. Yeah, <laughs> they, the Dolphins. Well, bad. and Brian Flores is cover zero, which yeah. hello Pittsburgh. You guys are gonna have fun with Flores because that guy's sick. He's evil. He's smart. Oh boy. Also, um, part of the reason I wanted to bring they, this up is because of that they, game. The Dolphins blitzed the, out of cover zero more, and they would blitz out of cover zero in dime like i don't even know how you do that um they had more db blitzes in that game than any other team over i believe the last six years so it wasn't just cover zero the thing about flores and i'm sure you got this from belichick when he was in new england for all those years he will give you cover zero but it's like okay which flavor of hell do you want i mean it was uh, it was different iterations of cover zero that basically turned Jared Goff into a pumpkin. Not hard, I know, but you know to just say, oh, they beat him with cover zero in a blitz. It's not that simple. So I will give Lamar credit because he was seeing things that not only he had never seen, but no quarterback, uh, you know, unless you're been if you've been around as long as like a Tom Brady or a Aaron Rodgers. Um, there was unusual stuff going on in that game. So I, I don't want people to think when we're talking about the, the cover zero and the blitzes and all that, it's not just that. Flores had a great gift in Miami, and I'm sure, I'm sure it'll show up in Pittsburgh, of throwing blitzes at you that you really you, like, you don't know how to handle. Um, I know Harbaugh had said that, that week after the game, yeah, we were prepared for it, or we thought we were, and then we saw these – you know, it was like it starts and then you think you you know it and then it's an offshoot and it goes somewhere else. So but when we talk about the Miami game and, you know, down the stretch and all that, it wasn't as simple as Lamar's head exploding because they were throwing extra defenders at him. There was a lot more to it than that. I just want to point that out. And it also uh, wasn't as if that's the only bad game Lamar had. He, right. he had good games. He had bad games. It, it's the standard of playing quarterback in the NFL from a, a statistical achievement perspective now is way higher than it was even 10 years ago. And it's unrecognizable compared to what it was 20 years ago. Yeah. I remember when Steve Young broke the, the NFL uh, regular season passer rating mark at like 104 mm -hmm. in, in 1994. Yeah. 104 yeah. is like seventh in the league now. It's, it's, it's If you have any ability at all you're at 95 or higher and historically that's just it, it's not comparable so you have to look at it as the game has evolved our evaluation of the game has to go along with it and some of that is peer-to-peer -peer evaluation which and is to Steve say, Young never saw cover zero blitzes from right. six DBs yes. or I mean, from God. if or you go back and look at like seven 290 pound freakishly fast athletic monster off the edge if you go back and watch marino in 84 or montana in 89 and the the static nature of defenses back then compared to now it is an entirely different sport so yeah yep in football side shoot maybe we'll, we'll do this conversation at some point doug football is of the four major uh um north american sports football is the one that has evolved the most and will continue to evolve. Yep. Baseball. And it's racing faster. It's it's more and more quick now. The evolution yeah, the, turns. The game more. itself. It's evolved more different. in the last five years than it has in the last twenty, and in the last two more in the last ten. And this is this is the the future topic that we'll get into. There will literally be in flags in twenty years. I'll bet you on that. They're even. I mean, they're, I they're even talking about it openly now. I wrote a, a schematic history of pro football in 2018. I could redo the whole thing and put four yeah, or five new chapters exactly. in it. That was exactly. five years ago. I mean, just forget it. The game is the game is built to do exactly what it's doing, and I think that's yeah. good for the game. But uh, anyway, anyway, what I really wanted to, to dive into, the, the, the credibility piece of the people like yourself, like Mark Schofield, another uh, a great national NFL writer that we have on Touchdown Wire. Um, a lot of people do it on a lot of different networks for a lot of different publications you have your reasons for doing it because at the end of the day, these things really are an opinion. You have an opinion and so do the writers who is right is kind of a, a, a side point. You can have bad opinions. You can have good opinions, but in the end it, it is an opinion. And when it comes to something that is essentially unnatural, 
ranking same position players against each other, you can't really do that in any way that that ma- that makes more logical sense without determining factually what the most important parts of that specific position are. And there are so many different ways to play the game. Lamar Jackson is the the prototype of that right now. Mm-hmm. That's why it's really hard to put him anywhere. I'm not getting into the polar extremes for one side or the other. I, as far as Lamar, I, I, I recognize him as a game-breaking talent, and I recognize him as a guy that, that doesn't throw the ball as well as some of his peers do. Those are both reasonable and fair opinions of his ability. Where he is on a list is arbitrary. It is completely up to whoever is making it. So what totally I wanted, suggest- yeah, and that's not a bad thing though. I don't want to act as if anyone's trying to hide something, that they're trying to uh, muddy up the waters for any particular reason. It's not I, about. I, I don't, I'm not. I mean, I, I, you know, Fowler has his process, and I respect it. And I, the list, it's great reading. Mike Sando of the Athletic with his quarterback tiers, where he talks to a bunch of executives, and and Mike mm-hmm. will interject his own analysis based on what he sees. I know Matt Bowen of ESPN's NFL Matchup has helped Fowler with those lists as well because Fowler mentions that in the pieces, and Matt's a brilliant guy. Um, I can only speak to how I do it and how Mark does it, which we. And I, when I say we don't do this or that, I'm not saying we're better or our process is more organic or holistic or wholesome. I'm, it's not about that. I can tell you what I do. And it's there pretty much holes. There are holes in whatever process. Absolutely. Not, I mean, you, honestly, <laughs> where you should end up is. You should, see, you should see me today trying to figure out whether Debo Samuel is the eighth best slot receiver or the fifth best slot receiver for the list next week. It's like, God, yes. It, it's it's a task that doesn't have there are some answers that are more right than others and that yeah. that's that's illogical but and that's it really it, it really is to be that is, yeah perfect is the enemy of the good you get as close yeah. as you can to perfect it's yeah. you know it's close it, enough it, for jazz to, and, me, yeah. to me what i what i look for in in that type of of content is is there a reasonable and honest effort made to produce the information. You you yeah. mentioned Rich Gannon. I'll, I'll pick on Rich Gannon a little bit here as well. When you've been doing this for a while, when you read 13 hours a day, when you know what's coming out across everything that publishes anything to do with the NFL, you get kind of a sense of, of how it's being done, okay? Just to, to put that mildly. That opinion from Rich Gannon screams... I only watch his highlights and I only look at his stats. I don't watch the whole game. You can't evaluate the quarterback position on his highlights or his stats alone. You have to see everything that goes into it. The example that I would use for that, Doug, uh, the high and the low, is Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert, as you and I have talked about, put Josh Allen in in this boat as well. These are, are young men who have done things with the football that I don't think God even intended to have done on a football field. They're weaponized. These guys are complete evolutionary freaks when it comes to throwing a football to a certain place. They're They're built like edge rushers and they can run like running backs and they can throw like they have arm cannons. It's not. You you can't even decide necessarily what the best part of them is. But what I know is Justin Herbert and Josh Allen have more arm talent, I think, than anybody who's ever lived. And they're playing at the same time, and they're 25 years old. Yeah. Those guys, I'm going to rank higher on a list than Lamar Jackson. They're both good athletes. Josh Allen, in particular, is an exceptional athlete. Lamar Jackson beats the pants off him as an open field runner. They're both <laughs> excellent. You know, don't and nothing against Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson is so far above and beyond uh, um, history at what he does. So, if we're evaluating all of these things, what I'm looking for is honesty more than anything. Give me an honest effort. And I believe me, I've read millions of words. I know if what you're saying is legitimate or not. I can tell very, very quickly. I've told you before, the more you watch a tape, the more you can tell who isn't. Yes. Who's bullcrapping the way through it. And usually the ones that recognize that they don't know shit are the ones that are actually doing it right. 
Uh, well, Greg Cosell, who, you know, with the passing of Dr. Z is kind of the godfather of all of us tape dorks, has told me more than once, you know, the more I know, the more I learn. It's like for everything he learns, he realizes eight things he didn't know or hadn't seen before. And that's, you know, that's intellectual curiosity. That's wanting to get better at your gig. Um, I don't think a play goes by. I don't think that. And it's usually like, shit, I, okay. Yeah. They planned all of this. And it's amazing to see the coordination of it because it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> I never thought of that. Didn't yeah. see that happening. The, the point is, when, when you put these things together, if you're not honest in what you're doing, you're not going to come up with a, a passable product. You are writing to complete. You're not writing to inform. You want to get done and move on to the next thing. This style content is not for that. So really what I'm saying is, when you read a listicle, you can tell to a, a certain degree who's put the time in to actually formulate an opinion and isn't just uh, aggregating 10 other lists, taking an average and, and spouting off the history of the player as if it's Wikipedia. You know, Lamar Jackson came into the league doing this. It doesn't do a damn thing for me. Okay. That, that's, that's not analysis well so what did i say this i mean we we were talking this morning i said you know there are some of these rank they're looking to create a ranking um i'm looking to understand it yeah i don't yeah. i don't care whether lamar jackson is the best quarterback in the nfl or the 15th best i don't have any rooting interest that's been beaten out of me over you know 20 years of doing this um here's how i do it with any position and right now i'm working on slot receivers so i'll look at that um, I go between pro football focus and sports info solutions. I look at a whole bunch of different stats and I put together in Google docs, a list based on the stats of about 20 players to boil down to 12. Then I go to the tape. So I'm not stats versus tape. If you're not doing both, you're not doing it. I, if you're metrics versus tape, <clears throat> wrong answer. Either 100%. way is the wrong answer. Both is the right answer. Either way is the wrong answer. So then I go to the tape and I'm like, well, not to beat up on Christian Kirk because, you know, everyone beat up on his contract with the Jaguars and, and we have to talk about that. Um, a really good deep slot receiver. But you look at the quality of the deep completions and there was a, a he had a long touchdown against the Lions where the safety was doing I don't know what, like. Turning around, like square dancing 30 yards downfield. And Kirk's like, Yeah, I could press him vertically, but really all I have to do is stand here and catch the ball. That's not to pick on Christian Kirk, um, who had far more deep slot opportunities than a Debo Samuel. But Debo Samuel, who some people think is a gadget player, that guy's an alien. He can do anything. And we were talking about quarterbacks before. You have to watch the whole game because it's not just the, the throws the quarterback does make. It's just as important to see the throws yep. he doesn't. And the stuff yep. Jimmy Garoppolo leaves on the table where Debo Samuel is wide-ass open, it's yep. agonizing. It's, I wrote a, a long tape piece when the Debo contracting was at its apex. And I'm like, oh, here's one. Here's one. Deep over 40 yards. That's a touchdown. And he's just standing there with the ball. Um, so I, I, I look at the metrics. I compile a list of – say 20 to get down to say 12. And then I look at the tape and I go, okay, here are the numbers. What are the, what does the tape tell me about the quality of these numbers? And that's when I'll start to, cause we have honorable mentions for all these and I'll, okay, I'm going to bust this guy down, bust this guy down. Um, and then from there it, you know, once I've done the stats and I've watched the tape and I have an idea, okay, this is what it all means. Then I'll put, you know, I'll get into ranking. All right, this is, you know, this guy and that guy. Here's number one. Here's number whatever. Um, I don't talk to coaches or executives because if I, you know, if anyone has any pushback on my rankings, I don't want to have to ask four different people why they said this or that. Hey, let me, let me interject. I, I, it's that. a one source thing. This, this and I'm is not, the main again, issue. I'm not including anyone else's process. I'm telling you how I do it. Yeah, if, if you want to gather, if the point of what you are producing, if the reason you are making the content that you're making is to get information from executives, people who probably have more access to other comments that are being made, 
and they're in a position to make the million dollar decision, that's fine. The problem that I have with it, and I didn't even create this topic to discuss today to bash Jeremy Fowler or the work that he's doing at all. No, that wasn't it's the point. not about that I at all. I wanted to just discuss how these things, the way these things are put together. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Yep. Really what I'm saying is talking to the executives, the coaches, and the scouts, it eliminates your ability to weigh in on whatever it is. And if well, you as I said, we in, were talking about this this morning. I said, okay, hmm. let's say some executive has a completely horseshit take. Do you, I would imagine Fowler does know enough to push back, but do, if you're compiling these reactions from these other people, do you know enough about the, the player? I, I would, I would challenge that by saying, is, is Fowler there to do that? Is he supposed to challenge? Well, the executive? Probably not. No. So again, we, we get into a real black and white area. Do you need to talk to the executive? Should you talk to the executive? Are you going to get more from that? And on top of that, executives aren't as nearly as stupid as fans think they are. They know how to control and manipulate the media. Yeah. None of them have any reason to be honest, just none whatsoever. I'm not accusing them of lying. I'm just saying, what benefit do they have being honest on the record about their opinion? Right. It doesn't make any sense. It's contradictory in and of itself. So to me, if you're going to do it, do it for you or do it all purely on them, which is like what Fowler is doing. Yeah. I don't and, see yeah, a there's reason nothing to wrong with that. There's nothing wrong about that or other people doing it or Sando with his quarterback tears, which I know people read and discuss and, you know, it's great. Um, it's just, it, it seems <laughs> to me a lot of it is like, that. yeah, you know what? I know how to regurgitate the same BS that everybody else does. Joe Burrow led his team to the Super Bowl. So never mind the fact he didn't play particularly well in the playoffs. He wasn't their, their defense led their team. I, I don't know how anybody could not notice that, let alone NFL executives. If you know what you're watching, and I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is bad. I'm just saying to, to put him that high in the list because the Bengals defense almost won them a Super Bowl is intellectually dishonest. If you've watched this, you know he probably is not better as a quarterback right now than Justin Herbert. I don't care if he if his team advanced further in the postseason. That's not wholly what this is about. In fact, I think that's the biggest cop-out because in reality, Doug, this is the one objective measurement of it all, wins and losses. If that's the only thing we're going on, we're having a different conversation. We're not talking about the best quarterback. We're really talking about the captain of the best team. That's not the same thing as the best quarterback. And sometimes the quarterback is doing the captain of the best team. Yeah, I'm being figurative with that. Yeah. If, if, if the quarterback isn't the captain of your team, though, something's probably wrong with your team. Um, well, you're, is, just, I mean, look, I'm not, again, I'm not saying anything about anyone. I grew up with Dr. Z. I've known Greg Cosell for a long time. Um, I got all these books years ago behind me because I, it's not, you know, rich mahogany, whatever. Because <laughs> I wanted to learn. I wanted to be able to, you know, do this myself without relying on other people i wanted it to be a one-stop shop so that's why i do it i can't speak to why anyone else does it the way they do it but the way i do it and the way mark does it the way you know laurie fitzpatrick we at touchdown wire do it is these are my opinions based on statistical study and tape study and all this stuff we do all the time you know however many hours a day um we will stand or fall on that i don't have to talk to the assistant GM of the Tennessee Titans or whatever and ask him, okay, so I got a lot of, you know, crap for this ranking. Why did you say this? Whatever the ranking is, I know exactly what it is. I know exactly why it is. I know exactly how I got there. That's and why for me, I, would Mark, prefer I will ask Mark sometimes, or Mark will ask me like when we compile the top one hundred one for um, the last week of July I'll, I'll have a, a rough one-on-one list with a bunch of guys at the bottom, like, should I put this person in or not? And Mark and I will go back and forth on it. I'm not asking a bunch of executives, hey, do you think you know, do you think Derrick Henry should be at 20 or 15 or what? Then we get into the specifics of the questions that they're being asked. And in my opinion, that that's outside of the poll itself. If you're asking them to, to rank them, get the rankings. It is just – I, I it, I imagine it's, a very, it's not a leading question. It's how would you rank 
you know. Yeah, I mean, you you can't do it any other way. That's my point. And what are your thoughts? Like I said at the beginning, this whole thing boils down to the credibility of the person gathering the information or reviewing the tape and writing up their analysis of it. it. It's about the person that's producing it. And a lot of times it doesn't need to be made into more than it is the way this is. We just spent 50 minutes talking about a, a quarterback for a different team because of the, the uproar that this whole thing has created. I and mean, to me, me, the whole thing is just a, empty air. It's like, why? Yeah. Doesn't it, matter, you know. You the, you can't say that he is the greatest passer in the NFL. That's a big part of being a quarterback. Right. If he's not in the top ten, there are reasons that he's I don't not. Think he is. I also yeah. Think he's I don't think that's unreasonable. Frightening weapon in the league. But, but yeah, at the same yeah. time, I don't feel comfortable playing the guy. And I follow a team that that's beat his butt a couple times. But he's he's dangerous. He's a bad dude. You don't want that guy in the field next to you. The reason we do them, uh, the high-minded reason, is because it prepares us for the NFL season with a, a you know a cogent and complete analysis of all the players in the NFL. The real reason, clicks in July, and it works. <laughs> there you go. Content in July, content. Well, we're going to do content either way. These click place. well. They work. But it's it, it's, it's the it focus. Works. See, this this is the same thing though. This this dovetails into everything else that I'm talking about. There is a difference between, and I'll save the clickbait rant for another time, but yeah, there's a difference between creating something. It's not clickbait. We put a lot of hours into this stuff. It's not it, clickbait, it's, but it is clickable, and there's there are reasons. Yeah. Well, it, how about this, Doug? I wouldn't have hired you if you didn't create stuff that people wanted to click. <laughs> you know, there's no reason it, to act it as has, you it don't has want people my career to, read it. to be readable. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of a thing. You know, that's why I edit and I don't write. <laughs> Nobody clicked on anything I wrote. It's a different situation for you. You know, we're going to market to that. This this is a good thing. It's a benefit. We don't come up with cheap ideas. We don't come up with, with chintzy stuff unless yeah. there's, you know, some tongue-in-cheek value to it. It's humorous. It's fun. You do that stuff in June and July because there isn't really anything else to go over at that particular moment. Nothing but, of substantive value that would replace lists like these yeah. that go into the 101 and you can lead that into the season. I mean, you know. There's... It takes a while to compile the one-on-one there's yeah. a lot of work that goes into that at the same yeah. time you can't be banging out content every other way while you're doing that different hats that you have to put on it's a different style of content there's more work that that has to go into that so all the the, the point is all these things have different reasons and different functions within the, the digital ecosphere right so the value of the high quality content which you produce whether it's clicky or not it's about the delivery. It's how you are presenting that information. Yeah. Are you giving me an honest, well thought out opinion? I find that you do. And I'm not just saying that. I don't agree with everything that you say. There's stuff that I text you about in a rage over how dumb I think that it is. It's not, it's yeah, not I know. unreasonable. I know guys that are very highly placed in this industry who I almost always disagree with, but I know their process and I respect it. So yeah. I would never, I would never say to these people, you are an idiot. Is it, okay. Explain <laughs> to me why you think more this guy is more. great, but he totally sucks. But because I respect the process and I know the process it's like, well, I don't, yeah, I don't, I would rather disagree with someone intelligent than agree with someone stupid. I mean, yeah. How about this? Let, let's put it like this. There's a certain list. We're not stupid, there. but people who don't put in the work. I don't want to say stupid. I want to say people who don't right, put in the right. work. People whose processes right. I would not respect. The, the intellectually dishonest process. The intellectually it, uncurious process. Which is there, there is a listener within our audience who disagrees with me about Tyreek Hill. You yeah, and I me. disagree about Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but mm -hmm. you don't listen, I'm sure. <laughs> of the tens and tens I have of once in a while. <laughs> when you're on, I subscribe. I'm a, I, I'm a YouTube subscriber to the New Standard Podcast. So get off my lawn. We don't agree on Tyreek Hill fundamentally. Right. Now, we, we could get into the specifics behind that. I'm not saying that he's a bad receiver. I'm saying that if a team gives you five draft picks for the opportunity to not pay him, $27 million a year, you jump all over that for Tyreek Hill. Okay. Yeah. Some receivers, maybe not, but he's not one of them. He's not that he's not the top end dude. It, it, that's really the point that I'm making with the guy. Okay. See that. That's Go watch I'm, the Bengals trying to bracket him in the AFC championship game and get back to me. <clears throat> if the Bengals in the second half did a pretty damn good job. I mean, it didn't seem like they had much of a problem. <clears throat> that last throw wasn't there. You know that yeah. the one that got picked off. That was to Hill. Wasn't it? I think so. 
Yeah, yeah that was, was a, that was, it was a yeah. shitty throw. I don't know what Mahomes yeah. was doing there, but yeah. we'll get into that too. Let's talk about another show. We'll talk about the regression of Patrick Mahomes. <clears throat> not uh, not a banner year for him, but he's also a guy that has built up the 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 scratch and the capital to have perhaps a year like that. But you have to evolve as a team. You have to evolve, and without Hill there, they're going to have to evolve. The Ravens have to evolve. The Ravens need to like believe that the wide receiver is a, an important part of the game. Well, and to get to get it back to the Steelers for a second, I was on with uh, Aaron Schatz and Mike Tanner of Football Outsiders, who I wrote for for eons. Um, we were discussing their pass coverage tiers. They do lists in tiers. And they had me on because I write about DBs all the time. We were talking about Levi Wallace. And I said there are times – when it's almost better to move on from a player whose athletic upside you get so invested in that you live too much with the oof plays and those high variance players. Mm-hmm. I could see in a vacuum how Andy Reed and the coaching staff would say, you know what, what we need is different things in Tyreek Hill. We, we want a, not a more plotting offense, but a more sustaining offense. And this guy's a Lamborghini. He's, He's off the charts. Maybe we don't need off the charts. Maybe we. Need Maybe something. you drive the Lamborghini because you have the Lamborghini. Yeah. You know, when it's time to drive the Honda Civic, that's what you drive. But, but if you're in a school zone, which they were against too high all year, yeah. Yeah. maybe you need something else. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. I, I What I was saying really is that the fact that they traded him was predicated far more on the fact that he wants to get paid at that top tier of receiver of, of receiver market. And he's 28 years old. And, and now he's in an offering he's, you. Yeah. And now he's in an RPO and a can offense. So good luck with that. Yeah. They're, they're Tyreek Hill. Boy, he's, he's going to fall. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. he's not, not the right receiver for that team. At all. Gonna get ugly. At all. Well, they have, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they have him. They have Jalen Waddle, who's a great vertical slot receiver when he was given the opportunity to do so. They have Cedric Wilson from the Cowboys, underrated slot guy. Mike Gusecki, one of the better slot tight ends. They have like four top 20 slot receivers. A lot of slot. A lot of slot. What are we doing here? I know. Don't speed, know. speed, speed. What is the plan? That's that's it. That's really the, the main what is thing. The plan? What right? do we do? You have, if you have a plan, great. You know, I, it just seems just really odd. Athletes. I'm not sure how you're going to change all of that. If but. you're just assembling athletes for a right. more, a less defined purpose, that generally doesn't work out. You get your dream teams together and, you know, we know how that goes. All right, Doug, before we close out here, um, where is Mitch Trubisky on Mark's quarterback rankings? Number one with a bullet. Number one with a bullet. Take that to the bank. He is, without question, the best quarterback in the game. I don't know why I wrote that down. Um, I will say this about uh, – I got a troll. I will say this about that offense, and I wrote about this. Um, mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett, better deep passer than you think. Um, yep. Oh, God, the guy – why am I drawing a blank on the guy from Georgia? Ah, George Pickens. Thank George you. Pickens. Uh, absolute, Our soon-to-be savior. Absolute monstrous freak. Calvin Austin. Deal. Love Calvin Austin. Well, and everyone says, oh, he's a slot guy. No, 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 no. 90% outside is like he's, he's just do small. The, do, do the Steelers have a history of taking smaller school, smaller receivers in the middle rounds and putting them outside and having success with that? I don't think they do, do they? But the best, they you know, the best thing is the Steelers have far more track record taking a big receiver from the outside and moving them inside than they do the other yeah. way around. So yeah. <laughs> I think they're fine. I, I, I think – you, you put talent on the field, you throw them the ball. You know, you, you hope to do something with that. With Trubisky, I'm assuming he'll be the starter, although the last time I ran solo on this, I talked for 40 minutes of why I really think that Pickett should be given a legitimate chance uh, to, to win that job outright. It'll be Trubisky because I, I feel this offense, they're, by design, they've been wanting to do more RPOs. And I think Trubisky is a reasonably priced I don't RPO. It's possible to do more RPOs than did last year. Yeah, that's that's top to bottom. Unless you're Miami. It's or the main Kansas City, actually. It, it's the only thing that fits with Trubisky for what the Steelers have been trying to do. RPO and, he's, he's and a low price guy. Those are the, those are the yeah. two things he does well. RPO yeah. and boot. You have him do that, you keep it manageable and tell him going back to, to your point earlier, I even wrote this down that I wanted to um to, to talk about later. The throws you don't make. 
the, the throws that you missed, the opportunities that you missed, that's that's Trubisky's mantra. And it's not the, the throws, it's not the guy you overthrow. It's the guy who is wild. The is, yeah, the guy, the throw is there. You've got to hit that. Deep over, he's beating the corner, and you're just standing there with the ball in your hand like brain freeze. Blame blame the coach all you want. There's plenty of that. Those are the things that will kill your offense. It's you have to make plays in this game, and we've gone. I don't. Lance and I have talked about this to death this offseason in particular. There isn't anything that's ever come up on this show that we say. What do the Steelers need to do? That doesn't include they have to create splash plays. They don't have any. They haven't had any for years now. Pickens is nothing but a splash play. That guy is a splash play waiting to happen. So if you can't. If you're not going to get him the ball down the field, what are we doing? Why are you here? You shouldn't be here. I don't like the fit with him and Trubisky, but to your point, love him with Pickett. Pickett, Pickett, Pickett has balls. Deep Pickett is the guy. Yeah, he's going well, he, to go. He has balls, but he also has deep accuracy. Yeah, he's just my point is he's willing get, to do it. Trubisky get, either doesn't want to or he flat out doesn't see it. I can get a quarterback with balls for $5. What I can't True. get is a quarterback True. with deep accuracy. One without either for seven point five million. If you're in Pittsburgh, well, you're just we'll get into that yet again another time. But um, you're just an angry young man. I, it's it's more humorous at this point. It's just such an easy topic to troll. People get really mad. Mitch <laughs> Trubisky has done nothing for, the, no for the Pittsburgh Steelers, for the city of Pittsburgh. Yet they've 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 ridden him in on a donkey and laid palm trees down at his feet. I don't understand why. The guy, fascinating. Somebody watching. He's accomplished nothing in his career. He's somebody watching this. Get your Photoshop together for that one. Yep. Hey, and you know what? I've I've said this from the beginning. If he's successful, I would be able to tell you exactly why. With the whole thing, that's that's your next like graphic for the show. If uh, we'll tell Lats, Lats will will be watching this. We'll we'll put that together. True story though. Really quickly before we get out of here, I had Matt Latimer. That's Lats, um, the, the Steelers Wire social media editor. Does a fantastic job. Check out Steelers Wire on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, some of the best content in social media you'll see. Um, I was having him do – oh, shoot, I wish he was here. I, oh, man, I want to ask him. I, I was having him do a poster, and it was going to be – and rest in peace, all due respect to Dwayne Haskins. It was – the thought was at this point, the Steelers were going to sign Brissett and it was going to be Rudolph, Haskins, Brissett, and um, a, a, a rookie that they would draft. And it was just kind of a joke that we had. We were going to put the four of them together on something. I forget what it was, but then they signed Trubisky and it just blew the whole thing. <laughs> I think that's probably part of my anger because that poster was going to be I remember so when awful. I was on the show and I predicted that they would sign Trubisky yep. for all these reasons. And boy, did you get pissed. Yep. You, were, you were beside yourself. I was 100% certain. There's no way in hell they were going to do that. And then it was like, shit, of course they are. Like, you watch Makes Canada, all the sense in the world. That offense. I know you're like, Canada's offense. Well, you watch mm-hmm. it. Hashtag Canada's offense. Hashtag Canada's <laughs> offense. Blame Canada. No, they'll, they'll, be, they'll be a very effective 6.9 yards an attempt passing team. Very, very efficient. They will do it. It, it. Once again, though, if they want to make big plays, they're going to have to make it after the catch. They're not going to go. I I don't think they're going to stretch the field all that much. Yes, George Pickens is a beast, and he could catch five touchdowns of forty yards or more. That does not make you a big time vertical offense. No. It doesn't mean that you are doing that consistently. You're not moving the needle a whole lot overall, and that's it, it's it's a part of the of preparing for the Steelers that you'll need to do. If if keep in mind he's coming off significant injury, if he is able to get out there and make that kind of an impact, great. If he's him. Back when he was healthy, like imagine him in the slot, Austin outside. They're going to switch release. <laughs> yeah, good luck. That type of stuff, or even put. But if if it isn't Austin, Deontay Johnson, yeah, have that be have that be an option route. Run some Trubisky. three by one with your backside if, ISO, like everybody yeah. else. Farmuth is the ISO, or you know, yep, whoever. Yep, and and you can do that. You know, NFL teams can do that. I think that they have Pickens is is the special talent of that that group yeah. for sure. I like Deontay Johnson. I think he's he's a good receiver. Pickens, though, is the elite level talent. Yeah. Trubisky, they're going to need to scheme up what they're going to do with him. And it, it's a lot of it's still going to be RPO. And yep. my fear, you brought up the name earlier, is Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the same type of guy that he is. 
if Jimmy has to try too hard to throw the ball down the field, he's not going to. He, he won't. doesn't even look. He won't. He won't. Trubisky, Trubisky plays like he doesn't even see most of the field. I, and, and I was doing some tape study on Amon Ross St. Brown. Oh, it was the Vikings game where he broke up the interception and then caught the touchdown pass. And there were three or four instances in that game, and I think when they played the Bengals, where Amon Ross St. Brown, who turned out to be really good, was wide ass open and golf is just standing like throw the, <laughs> I don't even know throw the ball um these guys who won't do throw it. the ball you pinhead god <sighs> anyway jared goff another another <laughs> fine evaluation and now know. and now people want them to trade garoppolo to seattle oh wouldn't that be fun Tim Weaver, our, our Seahawks editor, was saying something about that, but I think it was more out of just pure bitterness that right now there's right. and, and yeah. he will put he will put emphasis added. He will put in italics. There's a competition between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. <laughs> the bitterness is just fantastic. Not all the bands of the state here. <laughs> of course, hey, you know what? We could be saying the same thing about Pickett and Trubisky next year. Who knows? You never know. It's a year to year league. Year yearly, yes, but is. um, it is an hour to hour show, and we are over that now. And as soon as Lance comes back from his CIA mission in parts unknown, he's going to scream at me about that. So, Doug, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. It's always great to to pick your brain a bit. Um, definitely hope we can uh, we can connect down the road again. Yeah, we'll throw it down. Um, thank you all for After listening. first 400 yard, five touchdown game. will come back. Uh, if, if he comes out, if he comes out in week one, holy shit, I'm going to have to wear Kevlar. I'm going to get assaulted up and down. We'll, we'll make you a custom. No, you know, it, it, I, I'll go on record in saying this. You know what's going to be? It's going to be 17 to 30 for 240 yards, two big plays down the field, two touchdowns and a pick. And everyone's going to come out. See, you were wrong. Like, yeah, that's a monster game. That's not at least minimum of average in the NFL or anything that that's, I think you and Mitch, you seem to get together and, and talk it I, out and heal. I, I, I'm just saying the guy isn't everybody. Everybody knows my thoughts on this. You hated, yeah. him, you hated him before he even hit Pittsburgh. I just, I just don't think he's good. That's all. I don't want him connected with the Steelers. I don't want him on the Steelers. And here he is. I want him connected with his team. Take off that <laughs> uniform. Well, do you want Geno Smith running your team for another year? Uh, that ain't my team. I'm, well, you get the point. I, I do not have a rooting interest. As you I can, said. you can understand the the lack um, of enthusiasm behind. I that. would say that the the philosophy of going all in on Drew Locke, based on the fact that you liked him in college, <laughs> and ignoring the last three years of NFL tape, Whoa. is an interesting decision. I will say this um, right now: I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky than Drew Locke. Does that get me anything? I, I'd yeah, rather have. I mean, I, I don't. Lock. That if we're talking about quarterback tiers, I think they're yeah, top. You're you're doing top eleven quarterbacks, not top Gino sixty-four. Smith. Yeah, um, that's a list. Still in the league. Still in the league. All right, we're gonna. Mark, I think Marks was like seventeen or last. He may he may do sixty-four. I don't know. Seventeen is a bad idea either. If he can do yeah. set well, you know he can do seventeen. This goes Please. to seventeen. <laughs> I have amps over there, and I want an amp that goes to 17. (laughs) This is one more, isn't it? Um, Yes, I'm Neil Kulong. Um, I am, I was your solo host, probably for the last time, as soon as Lance watches the show, of the New Standard Podcast. uh, I blame myself. Typically hosted with Lance Williams. I want to thank our guest, Doug Farrar. You can check out his work on touchdownwire.usatoday.com. Check him out on Twitter. You see on his flag, his handle there. Great conversation, Doug. Uh, I appreciate your time. Everyone yep. else, um, have a great week. We hope to uh, see you again. Training camp is coming soon. Less listicles, more news, and more Steelers football.